Today on episode number 514, that's right, 514 of the School of Podcasting, we're going to talk a little content marketing and why podcasting is a perfect tool for this strategy, as well as why it's a great tool for education. And we're also going to talk about how to overcome one of the biggest hurdles for those needing interaction on their website. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I'm your personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you are new to the show, look, we talk about all things podcasting. I help you massage your message. I help you tackle that technology. I help you face your fears and flatten that learning curve and get you on the road to successful podcasting. Our website is schoolofpodcasting.com. And as I record this, we've got two weeks until open registration opens at the school of podcasting.com. That is June 1st. So if you've been thinking about starting a podcast, what you want to do, go over to school of podcasting.com slash newsletter and sign up and you'll be notified and you can grab one of those open spots when they open up in just a few weeks. Also, if you are brand new to podcasting and you're like, no, I don't even know where to start. Check out podcastingpuzzle.com. This is a series of webinars that I'm doing that you can sign up and we're talking podcasting 101 stuff. We did our first one this last Saturday. It was great. It slotted to go an hour. I think it went almost two because at the end I just do Q&A. So it was a lot of fun. Got some really interesting insights into why people don't launch their podcast. That thought that was really interesting. So if you're interested in that, go over to podcastingpuzzle.com. Right now, it's time for one of these. In case you missed it, it's time for a podcast rewind. I appeared on the Maximize Excellence show with Joe Hicks. Joe is an awesome dude. He is a, a graduate of the podcasting in six weeks course that I did. He's doing a great job. And what Joe does is he walks you through the ideology of what he calls the four pillars of excellence. And then basically ask each person, like, how do you use these? How do you use these? So it's really interesting and uh, got me talking about how I really got started. I mean, when I was a teenager, I was in a, I worked in a grocery store and uh, here's a little clip from that conversation. And I've been following you and listening to your show and, and enjoying your teaching for almost two years now, maybe even a little bit more than that. But what I like about what you just told me was through being yourself and doing the things that you do, you grow in your own brand, grow in your own business. You attracted opportunity outside of that, which made it possible for you to get on with Libsyn, which is really cool. Yeah, it's all about, in this case, it was just serving my audience and delivering value to them. It's a very kind of, for those of us that remember, it's kind of a Walton's Mountain moment. My grandpa knew the guy going back to the grocery store. He didn't get me the job. It was kind of an after the fact. He said, where are you working? And I I said, May Brothers Market. He goes, oh, I know Stan. And I'm like, really? And then he said, he took me out in the garage and said, hey, I just want to let you know, you know, you're a Jackson. And he goes, when you go home, I want you tired. I want you giving it everything you got. And you earn that paycheck because I, I don't think you wanted his friend going, man, your grandson's a complete loser. So that was always in my mind that, uh, you know, when they said, go get carts, I didn't walk. I ran out there to get carts and I was just always doing the best I could. 
And so that's just been something I've done, even going back before that to a paper boy. Whatever job I leave, I want the person coming in behind me to go, oh, man, I got to follow him. Holy cow. So I always try to make a, an impression wherever I go. And you can find Joe over at MaximizeExcellence.com. Joe, thank you so much for having me on your show. And if you're interested in having me on your show, I would love to appear if you're thinking, oh, I can't ask Dave. No, you can. And I will probably show up with bells on. It'd be great. So uh, let me know if uh, you think I would be a good guest for your show. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world one download at a time. If there's a theme today for the show, it's kind of, I'm getting ready to launch a show called Because of My Podcast. And I'm doing that basically because I want to test some stuff because it's, I mean, I play that content here. You don't have to go sign up for that. Although when it does launch, I might ask you to go over and subscribe because part of that's going to be a new and noteworthy test. (laughs) And actually next week I will be talking about the, the magical land of new and noteworthy we actually did a, a podcaster's round table and there was a guy on there who was all about new and noteworthy. And I might have some new insights into new and noteworthy. That'll be in next week's show. But today we're going to talk a little bit about content marketing and podcasting. We're going to talk about podcasting and education. I've actually got some strategies for making money with your podcast, but this all started with a book I read called Epic Content Marketing. And then the tagline is how to tell a different story, break through the clutter and win more customers by marketing less. And um, this is, uh, it's the first part of the book I loved. The second half of the book is more for marketing agencies and it just bored me to tears. But it did have some great stories about content marketing. So I wanna share some of these with you just to, to give you an idea of what you could use your podcast for. And it talks about a a blacksmith. So this is way, way back in the day. There's a blacksmith that worked with farmers and he would listen to the farmers complain about how mud would get stuck on their plow. And then what he did is he later invented a plow made of steel that the mud wouldn't stick to. So he listened to his audience, farmers in this case, being a blacksmith, and he gave them what they needed. And I'm sure they all went, when he made their lives easier, I'm sure they're like, oh, you've got to go see this guy. He's the guy you want as a blacksmith. So he actually started a magazine back in 1885 called The Furo. And the purpose of this magazine was to educate farmers on new technology, on how they could also be more successful business owners and farmers. Now, here's the thing. He wants them to be not only successful, but profitable, because when they have more profit, they can buy more of his stuff, right? That makes sense. And it wasn't filled with promotional messages about, come buy my plow and all the other stuff, because this guy was quite the inventor, it turned out. I didn't know this. I'll tell you who it is in just a minute. I'm doing the Paul Harvey, for those of you that remember Paul Harvey. But this Furrow magazine was developed by thoughtful journalists, storytellers, even back in 1885, and designers, and it covered topics that farmers cared about deeply, Now, 120 years later, 
The furrow, I believe that's how you pronounce that, is still growing strong. It is the largest circulated farming magazine in the world, delivered monthly to 1.5 million farmers. Now, this is one of those things that when you read numbers, do you ever like, you go, wow, 1.5 million, that's a lot. No, that's a huge number of people. It really is. There's a, a little local kind of stage in downtown Akron, Ohio, that holds maybe a couple thousand people. And that seems like a pretty big crowd when everybody's there and it's packed up. That is like a, a drop in the bucket when you're talking 1.5 million farmers in 12 languages to 40 different countries. And so if I were to say tractor to you, what comes to your mind? Yeah, I'm going to go down to the tractor store. What do you expect to see there? Now, for me, when I hear the word tractor, I think of my grandpa had one and it was orange and beat up. But for some of you, you may have actually seen the colors green and yellow pop into the theater of your head because who was that blacksmith? That was none other than John Deere. Now you know the rest of the story. And it turns out he invented a whole bunch of stuff. But you may have heard of John Deere tractors. And so John Deere, back in 1885, created a magazine for farmers spotlighting the new technology and how they could be better farmers. Pretty cool. So content marketing is, is not new. And apparently it's, it, there are other people that have been doing this. The same book, and again, this book was called uh, Epic Content Marketing. In 1900, Michelin, which is a tire manufacturer, created the Michelin Guide. This was a 400-page guide. Now, I guess, it has this iconic red cover, and it helps drivers maintain their cars and find decent lodging. In its first edition, back in 1900, 35,000 copies were distributed for free. Now, this is paper. This is an actual physical... That did not... He didn't get it printed for free. So he had to put out some money, whoever, you know, Mr. Michelin... In 1904, Jell-O, <laughs> the jell recipe book paid off. It distributed free copies of a recipe book. And of course, what were in the recipes? Yeah, you guessed it. Jell-O, Jell-O pudding. And uh, it contributed to sales of over $1 million by 1906. Now think about that one. Think about that number. $1 million in 1906 is like a gazillion, quadrillion, billion money. That'd be like, that's, that's like Oprah money back in 1906. My goodness! Everybody gets a car! You get a car! You get a car! You get a car! Wow, that's amazing when I think about that. In 1913... Burns at McDonald Engineering launched Benchmark. This is a Kansas City engineering and consulting firm, and it still produces this award-winning magazine to this day. In 1930, Procter & Gamble, they started making radio dramas. And this, it turns out, was an extremely successful strategy. And later, these radio dramas would move to television and they would show uh, ads for things like Duz, D-U-Z, and Oxidol. You know, soap. Yeah, 
what were they? Soap operas. You've heard of these? Or as some people, uh, some ladies call them my stories. I'm sorry, Marge. I have to leave. My stories are on. I need to see if Brock is getting back with Kendra. Uh, anyway, I'm getting myself in a hot water here. But anyway, so what do they do? They created content that, in theory, captivated their audience. And then in between, they would go, okay, and now go buy some detergent. So you could be the next Furrow magazine. You could use your podcast to build your brand. You use it to gain the trust of your audience. You use it to build a relationship with your audience. And then later, you can capitalize on that relationship. So content marketing is not new, but it can be tricky. Now, there are other ways that you can use podcasting to boost the productivity, in this case, not of your customers, not of your, but of your students. And there's a great story. I'm going to play you a clip. This happened on the Ask the Podcast Coach. This is uh, Craig from Inglaeus Podcast. And this is a, a guy based out of the UK. Craig, he's awesome. Hello, Dave. And uh, he... um. He's driving right now. He's listening to this right now with his wife. He's taking his wife, I believe, to work. So, hello. And uh, he is a guy living in Spain from the UK teaching these people English. And so, I'm going to let Craig explain this story on how he used podcasting to better the understanding and the learning of his students. And I got groups of students and... Um like we give students homework, right? So I got students to volunteer for extra homework and the the keen ones did. So I gave them this extra homework of listening to podcasts and every week they told me how many hours of extra podcast listenings they, they'd listened to and which particular podcast they'd listened to. And I kind of guided them to like to try and tune into their interests. Uh, if they're interested in tech or sport or cinema or fashion, whatever their thing was, I tried to to point them in the direction of a particular podcast and try and hook them on listening to it in English. And it showed in the study that their their listening comprehension just like hockey sticked. I mean, like I did two tests, one before the study and one after the study. And it just, it proved that listening to to podcasts as, as a multitasking thing, when they're at the gym, when they're walking the dog, whatever, just really increase their understanding of English as a second language. And then so, um, my favorite it's, was, it's, tell, it's, it's, it's interesting. Tell me about the guy that cheated. Yeah. There was this guy who was in like the, uh, what do you call it? The group that, that were just doing the regular homework, the, um, the test group that, you know, and he, his English comprehension really shot up in the data. And I thought, damn, you know, it was really annoying because he completely screwed the results. And then I did a, a kind of a, a pro a, a, a post test consultation with him, and I said it's fantastic that you've managed to improve your your listening. You know, well done. How do you explain the fact that you've increased your listening comprehension, but you haven't been listening to podcast? And he said, "Well, actually, Craig, I've been listening in secret." <laughs> yes, yes. So he was the guy. He was the guy that actually proved the point. Oh. You know, he started j- yeah. jogging and he started listening to podcasts and he, he improved his, his comprehension. So it was, yeah, it was, it was cool. 
That is an awesome story. I love that because you're like, oh man, there's one guy that ruined the whole thing. And then you find out that he was lying. Beautiful. So Craig, thank you so much for that. You can find him at ingleaspodcast.com. And Inglaeus is I-N-G-L-E-S podcast.com. You can also hear uh, bits and pieces of Craig's show when he was reviewed on the podcast review show. So I'll put links to that out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 514. Thicken up your skin and get ready for a supersized serving of opinion. Delivering constructive criticism and powerful praise, it's the Podcast Review Show. And I think this probably goes to show prep because all we know is I want to talk to him about the Olympics. And I don't know anything more than that, neither does he, that what we're going to talk about. So it's in the moment. Now, that's why it may not be organized, because in any normal conversation, you might go, you know what I saw? Oh, wait, well, let me talk about this first. Blah, blah, blah. You may not fully formulate the conversation in advance, but on the other hand, not doing a podcast, maybe I need to say, okay, I, I know I want to talk about these. Here's how I should set it up. And, th- and that will be easier for the audience. Listen, it's not something I really thought about that much before about how I'm going to structure that moment. That's really all I'm suggesting is that if you have the four things down you want to talk about, if the four things you want to talk about are the Olympics, the uh, John's World, the help desk call and something else, what is it about those things that you want me to laugh at or to marvel at or to better understand? That's what I, I always ask those three questions. What is it you want me to laugh at, marvel at or better understand? Join in on the conversation via voicemail, email, comments, and polls. It's all at our website, podcastreviewshow.com. I want to thank everybody who has been taking a selfie of themselves and sending it to me. My email address is dave at schoolofpodcasting.com. If you haven't heard about this, I, I print your picture out and I put it on the wall behind me. And uh, it's turning into quite the project. But uh, thanks to uh, Sherry Fields, uh, Glenn Hebert, Jason Bryant, Kim Kratji, uh, Corey Finnerin, uh, MK Han, Mike, oh, I'm going to, is it Bell? It looks like Bell, B-E-H-L. Uh, Zvalo was in Sweden with his shirt off. Sexy, really cool. What's cool about this is he's, I don't know, he's in the middle of the mountains or something. That was really awesome. Jeremy Holmes, uh, Kevin Mulrine, another uh, graduate from uh, podcasting in six weeks. Got a picture of Kathy Klein feeding her bird. Uh, Kevin Riggs is at the office with his headphones on. Um, I I just put your name down as two U's. Uh, She didn't give me her name, but she does a knitting podcast, which is awesome. So she's sitting there with just tons of yarn rocking out with her podcast. And last but not least, uh, Quincy Hankins, I believe is how you pronounce that. And I appreciate everybody doing that. I am slowly adding these to the wall. And um, it's really cool. But it also, I'm finding that either A, people are in front of their computer, they're in their car, but a lot of them are out in the middle of nowhere. And that is the good news about podcasting. You can listen to it whenever you want, wherever you want. Well, that's great unless I go schoolofpodcasting.com slash 514. Now, that makes it easy to remember, but are you going to remember schoolofpodcasting.com slash 514 unless I say schoolofpodcasting.com slash 514 about 500 times? Otherwise, you're not going to remember schoolofpodcasting.com slash 514. It's that whole, you know, seven times to get it into a habit or whatever. 
So that's kind of annoying to have somebody just keep saying school of podcasting.com slash 514. If I had to do that in every episode, you, we never make it to school of podcasting.com slash 515, right? So what you can do, these are called content upgrades. And what they do is they offer extra value on the initial, now normally these are for articles, but your initial content. Now, many times for marketers, it's typically some sort of downloadable, something that you can put behind a, you know, you can get this thing as soon as you give me your email address. And the idea is you've given people enough information for those that are casually into the product. So you're not saying, you're not doing a complete cliffhanger like, and I'll tell you the rest of the ingredients of the recipe if you give me your email address. So you're sitting there with some flour and salt. And you're like, wait, that doesn't work. No, you give full information. But for those who want to go, oh, do I say it? Sure. If they want to take this to the next level, right? You want to dig a little deeper. Let's go that route. And you have somebody, you, you are striking when the proverbial iron is hot. This is something you can do. And so it, for us, being a podcaster, maybe you don't need their email address. Maybe you just want them back on your website so you can click on something, right? A lot of times we just want you to come back and click on that subscribe button. And so this is, a, I found this great example. Scott Johnson does one of my favorite podcasts. It's called the Computer Tutor Podcast. You can find it at computertutorflorida.com. It's usually around five minutes. I mean, these are short. And I love it because Scott comes on, he does like a quick 15 minute pitch about how he can fix your computer remotely. Then he gives you a tip and then it's like, and we're done. And he usually shares a little bit about himself, maybe a little bit into why he likes it. Really cool podcast. And even for someone who has taught people software for 20 years, I usually found things I'm like, I didn't know you could do that in Windows. And so I don't know that he planned it this way. But in his last episode, he did something that appears very similar to what I would call a content upgrade. And so let me play you this clip. This is uh, just basically the, the tip from Scott. Using Netflix kind of reminds me of years ago when we would go to Blockbuster to pick out a movie to rent. It, it always took way too long. I mean, there was this big room with rows and rows of DVD boxes, and it was just a little overwhelming to try to choose what we thought would be the perfect movie to watch that night. They had them divided up into sections like comedy, action, drama, and some other ones. But most of the time, that didn't really help much. I think it would have been easier if you could just walk into the store and there's a display with like five movies to choose from and in and out of the store for 10 minutes. Well, sometimes I find Netflix to be kind of the same way. I mean, you could scroll through their selections for a long time and still never get to the end. And they do have categories, but the categories are just too broad. The, the categories are kind of what you would expect. Action, documentaries, dramas, horror, romance, sci-fi, TV shows, and a few others. Even if you just picked one of those big categories, you could spend the whole evening looking at hundreds or maybe even thousands of descriptions and just trying to decide what to watch. Well, the solution to that problem is to be more specific about what you want to see. And I mean a lot more specific. And you do that by searching in the categories that Netflix doesn't display on their home page. 
Here's an example. Let's say you decide you want to watch a movie and you want it to be a foreign movie. Now, for us Americans, of course, that means any movie that's based outside the U.S. More specifically, you want to watch a movie that's set somewhere over in Europe. And to narrow it down even further, you want one that's based in the country of Belgium. Did you know that Netflix actually has a category specifically for Belgian movies? It's true. They actually have 11 Belgian movies to choose from. Or maybe you're a sports fan, so you want to watch a movie that's about a sport that you like. Maybe football. Well, you're in luck because Netflix has a category called football movies. Well, how about if you're trying to find something for your kids to watch? You really don't have a particular type of movie in mind. You just want something that's appropriate for your six-year-old. Well, guess what? There's a Netflix category called Movies for Ages 5 to 7 and several other categories based on children's age. Chances are you've never seen any of these categories, but they are definitely available. There are actually over 200 like that, somewhere between 200 and 250. I don't know the exact number, but here's how you find that list of categories. You get on your computer and open a web browser like Chrome or Firefox, and up in the address bar, type this address, http colon slash slash netflix.com forward slash browse forward slash genre that's g-e-n-r-e forward slash and at the end of that website address you put a number that number designates the specific category you want to see so for example if you want to browse the category for belgian movies you'd type netflix.com slash browse slash genre slash 262 now, I know you might be driving right now, or, or maybe you're sitting at a university graduation ceremony that's really boring, so you're listening to this podcast in your earphones just to stay awake, and you really can't take notes right this minute, but don't worry, you can get all this information over at my website for today's episode, which is at computertutorflorida.com slash 194. And you'll also get the full list of Netflix secret categories and numbers there. So let's think about this. For the person that's kind of into Netflix, you're like, oh, that's cool to know. And if I can, you know, just figure out the category, I can put that in there. But for the person who's really into Netflix, like me, because I don't know about you, I remember when Netflix first came out, it was awesome. And you would go there and say, wow, look at all these great movies. Now, somehow Netflix has turned into like the $4.99 bargain bin at Walmart. You're like, oh, great. I was hoping for reruns of you know, Jake and the fat man or whatever. It's ridiculous. Not always the greatest stuff, but I know there's good stuff there. I just can't find it. So here, Scott knows this because Scott's probably like me. In fact, he even says, it's like, there's stuff here. We just can't find it. So what does he do? He, he gives me this tip, but really, if you really want to get the, the most out of this, you have to get that list of the categories and what they are. And it is an extensive list. And if you go out to, you guessed it, schoolofpodcasting.com slash 514. Uh, I have a direct link to that list on Scott's site, or you can just go to Computer Tutor Florida and search for Netflix, either one of those. And so I did that because for me, I am a person that wants to take Netflix and dig a little deeper. Why? Because it, it lets me get more value out of that, whatever I'm spending, 10, 12 bucks. And so I go out to, to Scott's website and I'm looking around and I, I put in uh, musicals because I like 
like documentary stuff on, on musicians on occasion and things like that. And they're just, I'm a documentary kind of guy at times. Comedy is another thing I like to laugh. And so I put in documentaries and there it is. And I've seen this movie already. So first things first, before we get away from Scott's site, he still delivered value without giving me the category. It was just nice to know that I could do that. But for those who wanted to go a little deeper here, just go to computertutorflorida.com and go to his Netflix thing. So cool. That got me to his website and I'm already subscribed to his show. Oh, and that was the other thing that was brilliant. And I mean, brilliant at the very bottom of this long list of, uh, Netflix categories. What did Scott have? That's right. Subscribe buttons for iTunes and the other places. Brilliant. I want, that's really cool. So, so what did this do? Well, you only get people on your website who really want this information. This is a way to kind of separate the, the men from the boys, so to speak, because only people that are going to go through, cause you're out in the middle of nowhere, you're walking the dog, you're in the car, whatever. The people who really go through back to your website are the people who really are interested in this kind of stuff. So casual Netflix users may not care. Me, I did. So I was all over it. And so I went over, I checked out again, some of the music, the music categories. I went to documentaries and there it was. Have you seen this show? It's called Alive Inside. And if you have Netflix, I have a challenge for you. Yes, you. I, I challenge you, Netflix users, to watch the movie Alive Inside and not tell anyone about it. It is an amazing movie. It is mind-blowing. Now, who gets credit for that? You know who gets credit for this mind-blowing movie? Scott Johnson from Computer Tutor Florida. When I got done watching this movie, and I'd seen it once before, and I was like, oh, man, there's that movie again. Now, this might be, and to, to give you what the movie's about, it's a guy who goes into nursing homes, and you can see where people with dementia, so maybe this hits me a little closer to home because my father died of uh, Alzheimer's, but to, to see people, it starts off with a, a, the movie, and there's a woman that is somewhat coherent but she can't remember what she had for breakfast. And I don't mean that disrespectful. It's just, it's, it is what it is. And they let her listen to some music and it's the music from her days. So for, it'd be like me when I'm like 90 and you throw some Nugent and some Van Halen on, and I'm just going to get up and go crazy. And they then asked this woman who a minute ago couldn't remember anything. And she starts talking about things in her childhood. It is amazing how music can help these people and to watch them do it. There's a guy named Harry who literally they show this picture of him and he looks like he's the most ashamed person on the planet. He doesn't look at anybody. He looks straight down. His, his face is drawn. His eyes are closed. He just looks like, please don't look at me. And they put headphones on this guy and he just starts singing and clapping. It is a mind-blowing movie. So that is my challenge to you. Go watch this movie on Netflix if you're a Netflix user. It's called, again, Alive Inside, and try not to tell someone about that. Because, and then when you get done, reverse engineer, like, why did that, why did you want to tell somebody about it? 
because it's, it's amazing. And I say that because that's the kind of content that I, I try to produce. Now I'm look, I, I have my hand raised. I know I don't always bring that kind of content. I do my best always to, to bring value and things like that to you. But that was like, wow, that's, that's some wow content right there. Part of that is again, in that case, it's kind of a documentary. And so we're talking about moving people today, impacting. I talk a lot about positively impacting people. And by that, I don't mean that they're all like rose colored glasses positive. I mean, you are impacting them in a way that they want for lack of a better phrase. And so some of the ways that you impact people with a podcast is by being real. And that's where people go. I thought I was the only one that felt this way. I thought I was the only person who had a special needs child. I thought I was the only person who liked Rudger Howard movies from what, you know what I mean? There's that niche. And so in, in some cases being real can catch people off guard. I mean, think about it in a world where lies are the native tongue of politicians. We can hear someone be brutally honest and it can really catch us off guard. So on episode number 701 of the WTF podcast with Mark Marin, he talked about dealing with grief as he prepared to go to the funeral of Gary Shandling. And he also reflected a little bit on the death of Prince. And he explains how he deals with his feelings, or more importantly, I think in Mark's case, how he doesn't deal with his feelings and how it's so easy to ignore your feelings. And he, he really just opened up. And even at one point he goes, you know, I'm really just talking to myself. And as you listen to him, it kind of sounds like times when he's fighting back tears. Well, then on episode number 702, Mark got a letter from a guy named Chad. And so from Mark sharing his feelings and being honest, this is what Chad had to say. This just came in. Subject line, your show helped me today from Chad. He said, uh, hey, Mark, I've been listening for a while. And this is, I'd be, I'd be honest with you, these, you know, these kind of emails, I had no idea that my life would, would be so rich as to, to have this effect on people's lives. And, and the gratitude and humility that I am able to experience from the feedback, it's, it's just like, it's so great. It's better than anything. It's, it's better than money. It's better than, than, than you know, being known. To, to sort of like, you know, to reach out and connect. Hey, Mark, I've been listening for a while. I love your show. You're amazing at it, and I'm always entertained by it, and, and I usually get something from each episode. Today, though, today was different. My dog, Teddy, has been battling cancer for almost a year, but my girlfriend and I found out yesterday that the cancer is spreading and it's not treatable. He's fought hard, but it's too much for him, and that breaks my heart. I don't know how I'm going to deal with it when, when the time comes. Today, the day after I found out the horrible news, I listened to your Steve-O episode, 701, number 701, and the intro hit me. It hit me hard. Because of you and what you said, I'm feeling this grief. I'm feeling all of it, and it's a terrible feeling to feel. I usually shut out my emotions. I'm the man's man that doesn't cry, but I'm bawling today, off and on. I don't care anymore. And listening to your show made me okay with it. I'm going to cry now when I need to, and I'm going to feel all of this and love him in the time he has instead of distancing 
to make it hurt less. Your show did that. Your show did this to me. It allowed me to open up and be emotional in a way I haven't in at least 30 years. After your intro, I stopped and went to the restroom at work and I cried for about 10 minutes. But you know what? When I came back and started the interview, I laughed. And I haven't laughed in a little while, but I did today. Your podcast helps. It helped me a lot. It's opened me up emotionally. It's pointed out flaws I didn't know I had. Your intros have made me a better person, and your interviews have opened me up to other points of view and to the interconnectedness and shared experience of life. I wanted you to know the difference it made and to say thank you, Mark. Thank you, Chad. So it's not always about the downloads. It's not always about the CPM rates. Sometimes it's about connecting with people and leaving the world a better place as we all try to grow together. Keep that in mind that I know a lot of us do this marketing thing. We're trying to grow our business. We talked about how you can do that with things like content upgrades and We talked about the different ways that you can boost education. If you're a teacher, you could use podcasting. You could tape your lecture and have, give it out as a, a a podcast for your students so they could listen to it again. And I'm sure some schools might go, well, you can't do that. You can't give away the content for free. It only counts if they take the test, right? I mean, you only get that degree when you pass the test, no test passing, no degree, That would be my argument for that. And on the other hand, you can use that as an advertisement. This is the kind of content you get when you attend my class. That's just my thought on that. Lots of ways that people can benefit from podcasting. Now, a lot of people are like, but Dave, what about the almighty dollar? (laughs) For the love of money. Well, I do have a strategy for that as we get ready to uh, wrap things up here. And... Uh, This one, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, my boss, basically, and good friend of mine, Rob Walsh, does today in iOS. And when I heard about this, I was like, oh, man, I got to tell Rob. And Rob does uh, today in iOS. And often, because the audience, as you might imagine, that show is all about iPhones and iPads, kind of a technical audience. And so Rob will often spotlight things that are on Kickstarter that are different ways to, you know, charge your phone and blah, 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 little gadgets and things. Well, Rob should look into kickbooster.me. So how this works, you become a booster, you get immediate access to hundreds of crowdfunding campaigns in the kickbooster marketplace. And these people are offering a reward for helping spread the word about their campaign. And so you basically go in, you choose the ones that you want to promote on your blog, on your podcast, or tweet about them or whatever, and you earn 10% on all successful referrals. You can even earn 10% cash back on things that you pledge to. So you could basically refer yourself. Just don't do that too much because they say you can go blind from that. And uh, so if you're talking about Kickstarter campaigns a lot on your podcast, definitely check out Kickbooster. And this is something I will definitely be adding to my book, More Podcast Money, which you can find at morepodcastmoney.com. I, I was making radio shows for fun. If, if everybody does it, at least everybody I know, does, shut up! I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I want to remind you that the School of Podcasting 
opens back up June 1st. And if you want to be one of those people to grab one of those coveted spots, go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash newsletter, sign up, and you'll be notified first when things get open. And uh, between you and me, it's a secret, but uh, there's going to be a coupon. Yeah, there's going to be a coupon for those people that are on the uh, newsletter. Also, if you're like, oh, you know, I'd like to start a podcast. I just don't know a thing about it. I don't get it. Everything sounds so confusing. Check out podcastingpuzzle.com. That is a uh, webinar, free webinar series I'm doing here to kick off the launch of the School of Podcasting and uh, answer any questions you have at the end there. It's kind of for Podcasting 101. So if you want to go in there and talk about compression settings, that is not the place for that. But uh, would love to have you there. Go over to podcastingpuzzle.com. Next week, we did a podcaster's roundtable last week. And if you're a regular listener of the show, you know I'm not I'm not anti-new and noteworthy. I'm just not convinced it does a whole lot for you. And we did a show where we had somebody who was basically a podcast launch expert. I guess we could call Ian that, who's really into new and noteworthy. And I learned some things there that I went, oh. So maybe we'll talk about that next week, as well as anything you would like to talk about. I would love to hear from you. You can uh, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact, and uh, we will say you, we will see you, say you, we'll do something with you next week. And uh, until then, have a safe week, take care of yourself, and uh, class is dismissed. Take care, and God bless.